Welcome back to The Stack. This week we speak with Midsum Salrux. Salrux is not just some puckish midsummer. He makes up such bots, where the sums are all hidden, and by the addition of logic and number, the bots, just like fairies, will get on with his bidding. At night, as is right, Midsum's dreaming such bots as Quinnat and Tindy and the Discord Bridge foe. At bottom, we've gotten from Midsum just lots of good bots to help out with the Urbit chat flow. So, many thanks to Midsum's fine scheming for what dreams may come from a Midsummer Night's Dreaming. The stack is sponsored by Third.Earth. Third Earth is the premier hosting solution for your Urbit. At $12 a month for a planet you later get to keep, and with the addition of S3 integration, Third Earth's support, and the option for quick launch, Third Earth really can't be topped for value. Join us on Urbit by joining Third Earth first. The URL is third.earth. They can also be found on Twitter at thirdearth3. That's T-H-I-R-D-E-A-R-T-H and the Arabic numeral 3. And now, new news to beat the old with. First, a new podcast is in town. Urbit aristocrat Basil Sportif is joined by extraordinary writer and personality Bitchell Ritson to form the Web Zero podcast about the state of the networked state, crypto and tech narratives, and Ukbar. As they are not a direct competitor to the stack, Andy and I have decided instead of righteous bloodletting to embrace them. This has led to a beautiful synergy and a monkeypox on both our houses. Holium Corporation has released a slate of bounties for their OS, including Abacus, a calculator app, Trove, a shared drive, Lexicon, a community dictionary, Chronicle, a news timeline, and Minesweeper, a prequel to Minecraft. I wonder where the first entry in the Mine series was written. Huh, Google says Landsberg Prison, Bavaria, 1925. I wonder how that one did. And now we talk to Midsum Salrux. Midsum. Midsum. Yeah, that sounds right. Midsum. Is that how you say it? How do you say it? Uh, I, I think you can say it either way. I say it as Midsum because it Yeah, that's it makes how I say it, it too. Okay. Yeah. I don't I don't know. I think there there are some like autists who believe in the kind of some canonical pronunciations, but I, I think I mean that just never, never works in the history of language. So, um, follow your bliss. Mid is like now like a, a, a huge insult, um, but only to women. And so that's, uh, amusing to me. <laughs> I, I think that's it's important. I think it's important to bring it back to a place where we can call women mid because it's accurate for some women. They have that, what is the concept of, uh, you know, women are wonderful. It's like an actual psychological, that's the name of the psychological uh, phenomenon by which society um, overpraises women. And so, I don't know, man. I think that, I think that uh, spreading, spreading the meme of mid is actually healthy. The thing about mid is that it's more damaging because it's more trustworthy. Like you go onto a website like Amazon, you see a three-star review. It's not some, you know, some angry person who left a one-star review. Right. They're, they're thoughtfully negative. 
Yeah, right, right. So if I say a girl is like a six, that's, and you know, there's something about hotness inflation, which is that when you call a girl a six, that's actually saying, hey, you're better looking than average. And if I call a woman a seven, that's significantly better looking than average, right? But uh, for some reason, if I say a girl is a six, like, you know, the curse of the Asian six, for instance, this is a thing. Or, uh, you know, just calling a girl a six, that's insulting. But, um, you know, ladies, most, we don't most want, of you are fives. We, we, I just want to be clear. We don't want any part in anything insulting to anybody. Um, so, Mitsum, <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> so, I mean, let's talk about Tendibot. Of course. And the origins of Tendibot. Uh, what got you into Tendibot and also the journey that I think you've recently re-released Tendibot in Hoon. Uh, yeah, that's all correct. So, uh, yeah, the first uh, sort of group Tendibot was in is a group that's no longer with us, a group called Wallstar Bets, which was uh, sort of a riff on Wall Street Bets, which was the uh, Reddit group that was behind a lot of the uh, GameStop uh fervor uh last year and uh we had sort of an urban equivalent of that where people were checking the prices of you know things like gamestop uh every 10 minutes because it would double or have so uh in order to keep up with that i made a little chat bot that would watch for tickers and uh sort of uh post a message saying what the price was and uh, a lot of the code from that was reusable so i sort of extended that into sort of like a chat bot framework in uh, python and that's, is that Quint, that's Quintnet then? Yeah, that's correct. Okay. So just to, just to be clear for anyone who's listening, there's the, the chatbot framework is called Quint, is that how you pronounce it, Quintnet? Uh, your guess is as good as mine. Okay. All right. That's not, uh, a, I got it from a random word generator. Oh, there you go. I, I, I thought here's, here's a, a reference I'm not getting, um, but yeah, that's, I appreciate that. I think that. it's a type of fish. Oh, okay. All right. So anyway, yeah, the, the, the framework is called Quintnet and then you can build, you can build, um, bots on top of that. Yeah. And, uh, that's also, um, what led to uh foe, which is a discord bridge that we might talk to about a little bit later. And, uh, recently I rewrote, uh, Tendibot as a uh, native Hoon app. So if you want to run your own Tennybot, you can just uh, install that and uh, it'll watch the channels you're in. So you Andy, did, we can um, see some. No, um, so, uh, all right. So, but we, so Tennybot then, that was able to, you just, you, you used an API to scrape one of the um, traditional stock web. It, did you, when did you bring crypto into it? Uh, yeah, so that was pretty shortly after, um, it went live. People just started uh, typing crypto tickers in, assuming it would work. And uh, uh, when it didn't, I decided uh, that they ought to be able to do that. So I just added a second uh, crypto API on top of that. Well, that's where the memes. Yeah, you have to go where the memes are. Um, and had you had you um, like were you an avocational or professional programmer or anything before that? Uh, yeah, yeah, I've been uh, in the software industry for about five years. Just professionally 
Why do you, why do you use Python? Is that just the, the language that you're more comfortable with? Uh, it was the, at the time, it was the language with the best sort of external uh, URID binding. Right. Is that what you use in, in daily life? Uh, in daily life, I, at, so most recently I used uh, Ruby as working on uh, Ruby on Rails, a company that was using that. And uh, a few jobs ago, I had used Python. So I'm pretty familiar with that. Is it, so Ruby, this is a, uh, Ruby, do, oh, how is that seen? And uh, I mean, like among professional programmers, because my, um, I guess my impression is that Ruby now is kind of like a uh, boot camp to Ruby pipeline and that Ruby would not exist if <laughs> anymore if, if uh, the boot camps dried up. I don't know if that's, this is just my impression. So I don't know how it's sort of considered among people who do this professionally. I mean, there are a lot of Ruby boot camps. That's not totally wrong. Uh, what what happened? What a very common story is that um, so Ruby's a you know dynamic uh, language, pretty similar to Python. And if you're trying to make some you know cookie cutter dog walking startup, probably the fastest way to do it. Or one of the fastest ways to do it is just to make a Ruby on Rails app. Then you do that, you get some funding, a bunch of other people come on, and your Ruby on Rails app's gotten out of control, so you rewrite it in, I don't know, Scala or whatever, as a bunch of smaller services. But uh, before you do that, you need to hire a bunch of Ruby people to maintain the old stuff that made you all your money. So I'm not sure how to feel about it. How should I, how should I feel about it? Um... Well, it's one of many things that's going to be destroyed by Urbit, so you don't need, you don't either need to either opinion it. or no opinion. Yeah. All right. I, a, I a couple of friends of this podcast really like it. I, I've never um, learned it or anything, um, but I mean, like, as far uh, as those type of languages go, I think it's the best. Yeah. Like I, I enjoy it more than Python or JavaScript or any of that sort of thing. Yeah, I, I hear. I have a friend who said that uh, he started out in the boot camp route, and then he he made the statement that all the all the people who uh, were of uh, of intellectual quality who started Ruby on Rails on or was it twenty years ago or whatever ended up going to Elixir, and so now like Elixir is uh, this this big thing uh and yeah, it's that, that's pre- true yeah all right well there you go yeah at, right. at, at any company that uses ruby you'll have like half people saying like hey we ought to rewrite this in elixir okay yeah all right i just i'm just clarifying the you know like because i don't know i, I want to i want to um sort of mindlessly rage against things uh and feel that you've chosen the right uh, industry right and and I want I want to feel that that my rage is supported by the bros. You know what I mean. So that's, I'm just I, I'm asking people what my opinion should be on these things. I don't know anything about. The whole reason to start the podcast, to be honest, just so that I can get intelligent people who know what they're talking about to inform my opinions for me. I mean, maybe not everybody admits that that's how they get their opinions, but it's how almost everyone does. <laughs> Yeah, excellent. If your if your opinions are not uh, the result of sort of rage fuel, then really, do do you have opinions? Probably not. You probably just have like a women are wonderful syndrome hmm. or equivalent. Yeah. 
So that that's uh, my is my view. Ruby is yeah. wonderful. Yeah, no, I mean, like, um, I mean, Mirto Wachtek, uh, he, I think, well, he maybe he's transitioned now, but, um, anyways, but, uh, woman? he, I think so. I do a Ruby um, programmer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but he, 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 she, it was, um, was pretty into, uh, 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 Elixir, um, but, but had, had started in Ruby. So I, I remember that part of our conversation. Um, yeah, cool. you could you could view a lot of that sort of like Elixir or uh, Rust or uh, whatever is like let's do Web two like ten percent better, which is not the approach that Urban that's takes. not going to cut. That's that's not going to no. make NGMI um, right. Yeah. So did you? So then then you did you do Hoon School? Yes, I did. I uh, just uh, finished that. And had you had you tried? Was that your first attempt to lick Hoon? <laughs> um, <laughs> I've, I've never attempted to, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'd done a very small amount of Hoon programming before that, but, um, yeah, this is the first time I, uh, went at Hoon and didn't just bounce off of it. And I, I, had you used any like uh, functional programming languages before? Yeah, I'm actually a big uh, Lisp guy. I've, uh, written a lot of Emacs Lisp, some Clojure, things like that. And uh, okay, something okay. that translates uh, pretty, not perfectly, but pretty well. Okay. So, so then, so, so then for that was, um, was just making the Tendibot native Hoon version, the capstone project for that. So there, the, there wasn't exactly a capstone project. It was just, um, it, it was all sort of homework based. But it was pretty natural to uh, come out of home school and take the stuff I had learned there and just um, make a, a Gall app out of there, which is, uh, you know, a, a Gall app is uh, that any app that you run, like uh, landscape or whatever. All right. So then the, the question is, why is Hoon better than, than every other language in the world? Or at least why is it better than Ruby? The The lowest bar. Yeah. So... It doesn't really reflect super well in a project like Tendibot because that's sort of uh, trivial. But in any larger projects, like the things I had worked on professionally, they're just... Um, so the information that your app relies on, like you know the users and the accounts and things like that, they're going to live in a database somewhere. And uh, a database is... you know It's going to be a relational database using uh, SQL and uh, you know it's a series of rows... And uh, if you want to do some logic on that data, you have a separate, uh, you know, let's say Ruby on Rails app that uh, queries that database. It ingests all these rows. Your Ruby on Rails app doesn't really think in terms of rows. It thinks in terms of objects. So it has to do some sort of translation and manipulation to do that. So then you've got your business logic in there. And then it calls out to some other API Um it doesn't uh, have any concept of identity besides your database. So you, as a customer, just a row in that database. Uh, you have to have a password, and uh, you know that's put in through some sort of authentication layer to prove that uh, you know you are this row in the database. And to to deal with these um, things in a cohesive way, like you just can't do it, like. One minute you're thinking in terms of a database, the other minute you're thinking in terms of Ruby, the next minute you're you're looking at your auth, 
through the front end. And Urbit just sort of like unifies all that so that rather than being in, you know, your information for your app being in five different places, it's all unified in Urbit. And if you want to update something rather than updating a database, you just update it in memory. Perhaps should we talk about uh, Zapwet? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, sure. That's, that's a throwback, man. Or it, it's still, you're still doing that? Well, I, I did it for a while. Then I decided, okay, it's really hard to come up with these. That I, I'm going to post one of these when I think of something funny. And I haven't thought of anything funny since then. Well, that's like, there's, there's an old joke where um, we're, we're a little bit older than you. But like when, sure. when blogs were coming, coming out in the stone ages, the, um, it was like there were, the first post is like, you know, hello world. I'm, I'm here. This is where I'm going to write all my ideas. And then the second post is, um, you know, some effort post 3000 words. And then it's, uh, sorry, I haven't had much to say in a while and a picture of your cat and then it's dead. So this is not necessarily a unique experience, but I think I mean yeah, you, you had some trajectory. Yeah, yeah, but you, I mean you, you know, and, and you know, we we face that as creators ourselves um, here. <laughs> but like um, the uh, you know, it's but even even with like the pithy sort of um, you know onion headline type stuff, um, even in a target rich environment like we're in, I certainly understand where that happens you need like a group of minions generating content for you yeah I, maybe I need like the community is not there yet yeah i need like a dozen like 20 year olds who are like you know getting starvation wages in brooklyn to write these for me the way that actual media sites do i just don't have that yeah that's the buzzfeed model right like you get paid by the gag yeah, I gagged is, a is Urbit, model is, one time. Is, is, Urbit ready, is Urbit ready for listicles? You know, I, th I think uh, listicles are maybe aiming slightly under the... Uh, <laughs> under the, the power, demographic right? of the people on Urbit. That might be. That might be. Um, how, much, how much younger are you than us? Is it like a whole I'm, generation? Uh, Mid-20s. Oh my god, that's vile. I'm trying to think. Like, like, what, think what's the, 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 it, you have no conscious memory of 9/11. Not really. No. It's, oh my! This is this is this is gruesome, man. It's a horrible thing to find out. Uh, I was I was 20. Right? Yeah, I was 20 on 9/11. Yeah, yeah. Jesus, I was in college. Uh. No, I was going to say I was what I was going to ask then is is like what is your what's your earliest memory of the the internet then? You you just grew up sort of internet native, I suppose. Ah, uh, yeah, more or less. I mean, you know, the my earliest memory of the internet is the most appealing thing to a young child on the internet at that time, which was flash games. Oh, okay. Press app. Right, so yes. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah. so it wasn't quite like mine, which was the most appealing thing for me was uh, girls um, in the sense but, that, I mean, like by the time that the internet was sufficiently going, I was old enough to be interested in women. So the thing to do was ASL 
on IRC on Internet Relay Chat. Go on there. How uh, truthful do you think all that was? Well, not very. Yeah, not very. Well, I I, th- I think that at the time there wasn't there was this was um this was before it was uh you know every everybody had it in their pockets. So the people who were on the internet at the time were weirdos, but they hadn't been um so the the thing about the internet now is that if you live in a small town, a very small town in Ohio and you are like um you know, you you're just going to be a cat lady teacher. Right, like that's your life. Well, forty years ago, that was fine. You'd just be a you'd just be a quiet cat lady, right? Now the in, you know you have the internet, so people are telling you to be some lunatic culture warrior. Uh, but at the time, all the people who were on the internet, you know, like when 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 it began back in the day, uh, they were just these cat lady weirdos because they hadn't been damaged by a constant stream of people all over the world, you know, infecting them with all sorts of ideas and degeneracy and such. Right. It's uh, like holding a guitar up to an amplifier. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, yeah, they, they didn't hear anything, you know, they didn't have a phone in their pocket and they didn't have the internet. So just, they were just weird people. Just when you don't, you, just yeah, you didn't run like have this metastasizing thing of like where like they weren't finding rally points. Correct. On yeah. certain and they weren't issues. The the thing is, they weren't getting status, or they weren't getting status from from, or they weren't finding these clout. these places. There was where no they clout. Sta- cl- yeah, no clout for, by by agreeing with stuff that they normally wouldn't have, you know, forty years ago, or amplifying it or whatever. Finding out that you could be a culture warrior or whatever, and so yeah, it was just it was. Just, so what I'm what I'm trying to say is that the danger at the time, the danger at the time when I was on there was not that you were likely to get. Um, sucked down a hole of uh, actually it was I don't know um, somebody wildly represent misrepresenting themselves unless it was like an old 65 you know sad 65 year old dude hmm. who was pretending to be a teenage girl but that you knew that danger right that was a very obvious danger and um, but mostly it was um, it was either that that danger or the the uh, girl was who was misrepresenting herself was trying to catfish you in the sense that she was she was not in fact a 17 year old high school girl from um i don't know tallahassee uh the dream or she wasn't just 180 pounds well that's what i meant she was often um some multiple of 180 pounds that happened to me, legitimately. Got catfished <laughs> by a girl. Very sad. MTV had not invented the term catfish at that time. But, uh, the, but um, women had invented catfishing, I can assure you. <laughs> I am guessing as soon as the first like Acadian uh, started writing cuneiform on tablets, uh, there was some form of catfishing. I, I think that's like... Um, you know, they found those at, human like universal, the, the blonde, blonde jokes from Babylonia, um, Babylon. Um, 
you know, so I, yeah, I think those, those are pretty old, but, but anyways, but the, it's just to say like, yeah, you were very young. You never had to deal with like a 2400 baud dial up modem or anything. You're a digital native. You grew up, <laughs> right? Um, not maybe, maybe it wasn't in your pocket, but yeah, you had flash games. Did you ever even need to have a Nintendo? Maybe not. Um, and I, d- I did in fact, yeah. uh, have one of those. I grew up at the, the tail end of that. Okay. So the, um, uh, yeah, but it's, you know, and it's, it's funny. I mean, like, you know, in, in some ways, uh, Urbit is kind of going back to square one of that more innocent Elysian time. Um, and in other ways is kind of more advanced, but, um, do you like, well, I get catfished by very high quality people now. Right. Yeah. When yeah, I'm yeah. Getting kept. There's, People misrepresenting themselves as like less appealing than they really are. Yeah. Well, mostly people on 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 uh, Urbit are like misrepresenting themselves as significantly stupider than they are. Uh, you know, it's it's all very high IQ people who are like trying, you know, who are like mentally normal, in the sense that, uh, you know, most people are like getting married and having kids and just being like. There's not a lot of autism on on Urbit, you know. So it's a lot of people which is like, kind of shocking considering the subject matter. Yeah, it, yeah, it is. It really is because it's so niche. But I I find that pretty much everybody on Urbit is like um you know, well they're an engineer with probably probably working on kid number two. Well, maybe not you because you're significantly younger. But I think they, they, the Urbit demographic is basically like thirty five year old engineer dads, something like that. Yeah, that's the most common type. Yeah. Sorry, Andy, I interrupted your thing. Uh, no, this I, is I good. I mean, this you. is the sort of no. This is the philosophical. This is the direction that I wanted to go. Um, <laughs> have you been to like? Did you go to assemb- Did you go to assembly or anything? Have you ever met an orbiter in real life? Yeah, I went to uh, New York. Oh. oh. Okay. How was that? It was a good time. Uh, it was a pretty, uh, you know, eclectic lineup of event of, of events. Was you did you did you go to the My Lady rave? Was that even really a thing? Uh, I there was a real rave, as far as I'm aware, but I'm not one of the. Uh... So uh, someone at uh, Urban New York, who I won't name, asked me uh, upon meeting me, asked me two questions. Uh, one of them was, "Do you own a Milady?" and the other was, "Are you Catholic?" And I feel like you could make a sort of a two by two matrix. Oh, I, I'm pretty <laughs> sure I know who that is. <laughs> and you'd probably have equal representation in all uh, all four. Is this, of the is this person internet famous? Um, I mean, if you don't want to say famous. it. Uh, okay. All right. Okay. Then it's then not that, Justin. Then it's that, not Justin Murphy. No. <laughs> you, okay. I think you just put me in a possibly a, a, the other. <clears throat> One of the other squares on that small small matrix. Um, sorry. So they asked you, M'lady, are you Catholic? And you- is not just about cutting. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't own one. I don't own one, but I feel like I need to stand up for the community of, of people who do. I, yeah. I don't quite understand them, but urban other urban people seem to like them. So. Well, it's not a it's not a uh, grooming cult, all right. 
that, no, that no, stuff. Well, it's not. No, 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 no. It's a, it is a grooming cult. It's a okay. Um, or there, it comes out of a grooming cult, but it's not that kind of grooming. It's just for cutting. Okay, that's how I understand. My, it. Under, my understanding is that that it's all it's all a show. It's a grand drama being played out. Um. In places like Discord and Telegram and uh, weird niche websites where we write things about angels. Well, it, and, it is weird. I mean, like you have this, um, you know, like, all right, you and I are exposed to the internet, not in its purest like Usenet form or, or whatever. I mean, like sort of like um, DARPA net sort of thing but like you know where it's just sort of like a we got mk ultra is what you're saying right well it's like it's like now like you have these people and it's like whether it's autism or whatever but there there's so many layers of irony deep they themselves don't even know who they are or what they believe or anything and like that has obviously created in some isolated some like very very messed up stuff yeah. And again, I don't I, I don't know, man. I, I the the guy who did the I, I don't know what said the guy the Charlotte slash Indian fella. No, that is a guy. Uh, no, he's not user. I don't think he he's not Indian, is he? Is, I think like, he is. But anyways, yeah. Is he? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh anyway. This it's it's um all claim to be irony, but um, and I'm I'm sure it is. I don't own any miladies, so uh, you can. All of this is all of this is just my my anger coming out. So you own no, you own no miladies. So, so you you so that so that you get like hijacked by somebody. Say, are you, do you own any miladies, and are you Catholic? Um, and what do you think? How do you respond yeah, to that? Right. What's your response? I'm in. Uh, I'm in the bottom left corner of that uh, two by two matrix. I'm, uh, I'm neither. Oh. Well, and I mean, did the person shun so you? I'm, did they shun you then? Oh no, they were very understanding. <laughs> <laughs> they were empathetic. You're you're a poor Protestant. <laughs> that's such a that's, that's a strange way to approach. That's a that's a and weird. You said, open. Well, you said and you said there's no autism on Urbit. That that's the astounding thing. And now, like. That is a very, like, very socially maladroit way of talking to somebody, in my opinion. Are we still here? Yeah, that <laughs> that was socially maladroit, followed by silence. Yeah. I, yeah, what else was there? I mean, besides besides uh, some rando walking up to you, how was uh, the rest of? It wasn't assembly. What it was a New York Party Week or New York? What was it? Urban yeah, New week? York Urban Week, something like that. Did yeah, I mean, there was a. Uh, they had a like the most uh, you know random collective events you could think of. Like there was a, uh, it was in like an art show. There was a uh, like a warehouse rave. There was a philosophy lecture. There was a play like. All kinds of stuff. What'd you go to? I went to about uh, went to the majority of it. 
Oh, to be to be young and and mobile. Yeah. I can't I can't go to any of this stuff, man. Stuck here in stuck here in China with my lovely wife and kids, but still you can't leave anymore. So I can't do any of the urban stuff. I'm a I, I get a little bit angry because you know we're supposed to be a digital natives now. You know, we're supposed to be um digital Jewry. Yeah, the network state. Right, yeah, the network state. Isn't that that's the new this they just released that book yesterday like uh last week or something like that, right? Yeah, just about I, I think yeah. it was released on the fourth of July, actually. Oh well, there you go. Yeah. We're supposed to be a network state and people are showing up and doing things in real life. It's very insulting. I'm I'm philosophically opposed to Austin because I'm an urban maximalist. So I just want everyone who lives in Austin to hear that. This is not jealousy over the fact that I don't get invited to any cool stuff. This is philosophical purity. I'm the most urbit. I, I think uh, philosophical purity and sour grapes just have the same meaning. Yeah, probably. I mean, if you've ever read Schopenhauer on women, um, the man is both correct and obviously an incel. So, where how do you how do you square these things? <laughs> Sorry, I don't. I don't, I don't What's need your, an answer. Uh, um, how did you, how did you, how did you get, uh, plugged into Urbit in the first place? You know, it's not, uh, it's a pretty simple story. I just, uh, saw people with, uh, you know, sigil avatars and Pat P names, uh, started popping up on Twitter and I kind of thought this, this is weird. What is this? And eventually I looked at, uh, what the system was and like what it uh, was doing technically. And it was just like so fascinating and like so obviously different and right compared to everything else that people were building applications out of that uh it's pretty much immediately into it Wait, that Are was in like 2020 with... yeah no. that was it like uh, late 2020 okay. okay you say that as somebody with some experience in the industry as well so but but your response if hacker news is any indication is not normal for people who are in, say, the software development industry, uh, usually they look at Urbit and rage in my Yeah, I mean, experience. it's, you have, there's sort of like a, like a prickly outer layer of just strangeness, just like the way runes work and the, you know, four character names. But like, if you if you're willing to like give it the benefit of the doubt a little bit and just evaluate it for what it actually is, like I I think at that point you can see the appeal. Like, there's a uh, you know a precepts document that's been going around. Like, it's things like uh, you know like the way Urbit handles. Um, oh, that was a good example. But the way it handles like uh, always route on. Uh, wire before sign and things like that. Like if, if you sort of de-urbitized the language a little bit and just posted that as like, you know, a set of software engineering guidelines, I, I think, you know, the various hacker news people would agree with that. But when they see that extended out into an actual working system and the actual choices that 
were made to go along with that, they sort of get lost in the details. You made zero yes. You made zero true. That's terrible. How can you do that? Exactly. Well, I think that even the the gentleman who made that decision said later that he regretted that decision. Uh, I mean, Urbit I think it, I think it's useful at fully least. form from the forehead of Zeus, but yeah, I mean. <clears throat> Sorry. I, the, the secret is that it doesn't really matter. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It doesn't. And that's that's the interesting thing. I think it's actually, um, whether on purpose or not, I mean, it's it's good to have like such an absurdity of a lightning rod because you can immediately identify bad faith criticism, right? <clears throat> there is zero, and I use that advisedly, zero ways in which that matters right you know and and yet like you you just get people just speckle flitted spitting in your face about how insane that is um and so it's very useful it's it's a shibboleth yeah i mean there's something to that i think um our defensive shibboleths have gotten us this far and maybe we need to ease up on that a little bit as we're (laughs) we've got like a really compelling thing and that we're trying to show to more people and that's what uh, that's what Python bots on Urbit are all about. Basically, you know, get the get the DGens in, and the people who write um, these lesser languages, and the people who kind of understand them, like myself. I have to thank you, by the way, because uh, I learned some stuff from your code. Um, people should know this that that uh i i don't code and so i learned i learned some stuff about um about python or about coding from looking at your code uh obviously it's a good thing to switch to hoon since the whole world should be paved over all imperfections should be corrected with hoon but i will say it was nice it is nice for me me i'm actually able to write stuff um, on the old Quinnat or what you've re-termed now, what is it? Former, former, uh, oh, faux. Uh, faux legacy. Yeah. Legacy. That's it. That makes me feel good. Cause that makes me feel, cause I'm like, uh, I'm using the legacy software now, you know, I'm like an OG Quinnat guy. Right. You're like an enterprise customer. Yeah, right. So I'm using I'm uh, I'm doing like the Windows XP of Sorry. Uh, IE11. Yeah. Um right. so and you so you also so you built a uh bridge between Uber and or no, no, Urbit and Discord. Yeah. Yeah. So uh if uh let's say you have a Discord group uh and you're trying to uh you know move it over to an Urbit group or you're trying to give people sort of a front door to your Urbit group you can set up this bridge and uh, for all of your uh, Discord channels, you can set it up so that messages in that Discord channel will show up in your Urban channel and uh, vice versa. Um, and it, it shows just as like, so you have like a, a moon basically that is echoing the yeah, content? Yeah, it, it okay. runs as, uh, as a chatbot. 
Yeah. You you have to set up a moon in or well, I mean any idea I think works, but you set up a let's say a moon in in the the group that you want um in the chat, well, in the group in in the chat that you want and then um yeah, you just run what is called foe, right? Yeah, you just run foe from your VPS basically. Uh Yep. And you're good. It's really nice. I um, I find though that, so I had to like create a new channel for Discord because I found that like mirroring, mirroring Ookbar into the, the, the general chat and Discord, there's so much like Discord people show up, right? So let's say that, you know, Discord is one of our ways to funnel people into Urbit, but then they show up and see that there's like this wall of this one you know, there's this one bot that's just constantly, constant stream of <laughs> like a fire hose of Urbit bilge being pumped into uh, Discord. This is this is nothing against the bot. It's it's something that you have mm-hmm. to learn, which is that um, you kind of have to separate these things. I found you can't. It, uh, it doesn't really work to have them both in the same chat. So I had to create like a new separate chat, uh, separate from the general one. So that all that stuff goes in there because people come in, you know, who know nothing about Urba and it's very overwhelming to just like be thrust into these conversations immediately. Um, have no idea about like inside jokes. And then you, it feels very, it feels very sort of, uh, what can I say? You, you feel like an outsider as soon as you show up because there's all these inside jokes and things that you've never heard of at all. But um, it is very uh, sort of useful for um particularly the support like somebody shows up to discord because right. because urban people who know what they're talking about don't enjoy being on discord so like i don't know master morzod or whomever he's he doesn't want to be on discord i i assume but i can i can let you know the newbie the newbie can't get onto urban he's having some problem so now we can mirror the support channel on discord to the help channel on um urbit and like master mordzod never has to touch discord so it's really nice yeah that's a big one uh we lost uh, andy by the way yeah he'll be back i'm sure right. um it, uh, it, it, does, it doesn't like, matter sorry yeah uh, no worries uh so anyway um yeah there used to be an actual urbit uh, official discord where uh you know, ostensibly you could go if you couldn't boot your Urbit and get some support, but it sort of ran into that problem because none of the, you know, technically savvy wizards like uh, Master Morzad ever hung out there. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, all, all of those things yeah. dried up. I don't know if that's, I, I don't know if that's necessarily, well, I think it, it may actually be detrimental to Urbit that there really is no support channel there's there's no highly visible one for um let's say people who are not uh on github all or you know like dealing with github all the time in their daily life yeah uh, so yeah there's no really legible help help channel out there anymore so i i i may as well put this out there that if people want to come to the ukbar discord you'll find that you can get uh Good quality Urbit support, thanks to Midsum's bot doings. So high value beyond Tindybot, there's high value there. 
Yeah, that's uh, right now. It's been I'm in the process of rewriting that as a native Hunap. Uh, the way the way it works now is that you have to run a separate uh, Python instance. Yeah, and uh, configure it sort of the you know traditional uh, Unix way by setting environment variables and things like that. But uh, that doesn't really uh, it's kind of annoying to do, and it's difficult to explain to people. So uh, in this new version, that's just going to be uh, you know a landscape tile that you click on it and you type your uh, channels you want to mirror in there. Mm. I noticed that you that you had to use well not that you had to but you decided to use React. Does that allow you to? So if you're using React for your front end, that means that you're not publishing that front end as uh, in the normal publishing way. Or I mean, is how are they going to connect? If they're if they want to connect, if someone wants to connect to your front end, uh, it, yeah, Re- React fronts are pretty common for uh, urban apps. Uh, the way it works is that uh, it's something called a glob, where uh, your ship acts as a as a web server that uh, your browser just downloads the front end from your ship, and then uh, the front end talks to your ship. I, I, th- I think uh, I think Landscape and uh, Escape are also React. Yeah, I think I think that's the canonical way right now. Um, Wait, to release you, you said I, though. I, I think yeah. when I, I I saw your comment on that that you gave up on whatever you were doing originally and ended up going with React. So were you doing uh, something yeah, there, else? There's a, sure. There's a there's an alternative called a sale where uh, uh, okay. you have um, you uh, generate the HTML in your Hoon code. And send it over that way, but um, yeah, I, I, I had written some things using React before, so I decided to just go with that. So, what's the future for the bot? Well, yeah, that could um, you can go in a lot of different directions with it. Like, um, so right now, you know, it gets a Discord message in and it posts it to an Urban channel, but uh, it's sort of an implementation of an older idea around use cases for Urbit, which is just like API aggregation. So like you, you've got this personal server and, uh, you know, eventually people are going to build applications just for just for it. But in the meantime, you can use it to sort of drive, you know, traditional web to web apps like uh, Discord. Uh, so it, you can imagine like, uh, okay, a new Discord message comes in you have that plugged into, I don't know, you send a telegram message or, um, you know, you, uh, you can make a Twitter post or so, something like that. Uh, there's, a, there's a service called uh, IFTTT, if this, then that, that um, does this in a very Web2 way. But uh, with, you could extend uh, some of the things that Foe is doing towards like an urban native version of that. Right. You have like a, do you have like a, well, you ha, you have a, a roadmap that is sort of like connected to your, um, to your grants. So what do you have to do sort of to finish the grants for the, for the bot? Yeah. So the grant is basically, um, the first half of it is just like feature parity with, uh, the Python version, which, um, you know, pending some bug fixes and um, there's actually a timer bug in the uh, Bane uh, vein itself that 
Uh, also happens to be causing the uh, Azimuth uh, block height issue that a lot of people have run into. So uh, yeah, when once I fix a few bugs on my end, and when that's fixed, uh, that'll pretty much be there. And the other half of the grant is for uh, front ends to walk you through like getting your Discord token and uh, setting up, you know, where to find your channel IDs, and uh, basically uh, the front end app will let. Uh, somebody who's like a community runner and less technical to uh, configure the bridge. Midsum, thanks so much for Tinnybot and Foe, and thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you for listening. For more Stack, look for us on Twitter at Stack underscore podcast and give us shekels via patreon.com backslash stack podcast. Until next time, just remember, if you're mid, you might just be midsum. And that is way better than average.